Hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Mind Your Mentorship Podcast. My name is Kevin Whelan, tuning in from you again from my home office. And uh, yeah, today I'm just sort of looking at the kind of various components of a business model. I'm in the process of kind of outlining kind of my own methodology when it comes to Mindshare and just trying to really kind of write down kind of the ecosystem of my ideas. It's one of the reasons I write daily on my blog is to sort of clarify some things and to sort of act as kind of your virtual kind of coach. Uh, and you'll see those in the daily ideas channel. I post most of them in there and sometimes I just forget. Um, otherwise you can subscribe at kevin.me to all that stuff. But, uh, one of the things I'm trying to do is kind of get organized in terms of wrapping my head around my methodology. So the kind of core premise to this group is finding a niche or a niche and developing, um, you know, expertise in that, in that industry and, or in that vertical, and then, uh, developing your methodology through consulting and coaching and then packaging that methodology, making it more efficient over time, turning it into systems and processes, and then ultimately selling those systems and processes to that vertical for when you get to the point where you can no longer offer consulting and coaching. Now, you can't really skip any of those steps because if you don't have a niche or a niche, you need a really massive audience to be able to sell general marketing products. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of you do, and maybe some of you don't. Um, so I believe, you know, niching or niching allows you to create more very specific content and a methodology for a very specific audience that makes it more compelling both on a consulting and coaching level as well as a uh, an info products kind of level. So anyway, that's the whole sort of premise of this group. So what I'm trying to do is develop my own methodology for serving you so that I can kind of better deliver um, a cohesive experience and, and information for you and uh, and then also be able to sort of package that up and make it really accessible so I can, I can organize it and eventually you know, sell it as a product, um, as well as through, you know, I'm working with a few of you on one-to-one coaching and group coaching. So that's kind of what I'm working on. Um, so, you know, with that, I'm kind of in the business model sort of phase and I'm still sort of clarifying my, my firm thoughts versus, you know, uh, the things that I think are important, but generally there's sort of a methodology to how I go about building out, uh, services. So I may have, I've covered this in various forms before, but I'm going to kind of use this as to kind of go to, at least to clarify some of my thinking and to help you kind of uh, design your own business model in a way that is scalable and flexible to your needs. So there's really a couple ways that you can go about building your business model. Um, assuming you have a niche or a niche to begin with, it's okay if, if you don't, you know, this will sort of still apply, but um, <clears throat> assuming you have a niche or a niche, um, you could, there's really two kind of directions you can go in. One is you can have uh, like you can have it segmented by the, you know, the size or, or stage or like basically segmenting by the type of customer or client that you work with. So if they're like a 10 plus million dollars, maybe you have a plan for that. And then if they're, you know, below this size, you've got a plan for that, et cetera, et cetera. And then have some kind of ancillary services or products beneath that. That's one way to go about it. The other way is basically selling access to you. And, you know, the, the segmenting is kind of like a segue to, uh, or kind of a proxy for the value that you create for people that are, say, over $10 million, and also generally the work, but not always the work. So sometimes you, you definitely want to price that on value, uh, but work does equate into how much things will cost as well. But you're not really charging based on the work involved, you're really charging based on the value. So going back to it again, it's basically the type of the segment of clientele that you work with and breaking out the different types of people, maybe the stages or the problems or the challenges that they're having, and then having a service for each stage, problem, or challenge. Or uh, based directly on how much access they have to you and and ultimately how involved you're going to be and how quick they're going to move, which may kind of be correlated uh, or not. So you might say, you know, this is this is uh, this is the most robust plan and it's my fractional CMO services. Uh, it's ideal for people who look like this. Boom, 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 boom. 
Or you could say, if you are in this situation, here is my top tier service for these types of clients in these types of situations. And here's what it looks like. And it just so happens that there's more work involved. So depending on which way you go, it's either more access to you or just segment based uh, services. So that's something just to consider there as well. Um, now, uh, how do how do I go about building this? Well, to me, generally, the highest level is sort of my uh, and you know, the first phase, the thing that I do always in the beginning, or at least the thing that I did is I started off with more of a high touch managed, um, advisory kind of service. So I would, I would kind of manage the marketing, uh, program for my clients and bring in experts and, and have them do the implementation. And I would lead the strategic direction and, and coordinate and basically manage projects. Now that's something you, you, you may want to start off with if you're kind of newer to advisory services. It's, um, it's compelling to smaller businesses, especially to hand off kind of the whole, like make it a done for you marketing program where you're kind of the leader and the strategist and you have to allocate the resources most effectively and you're reporting to the client on the results that you got. And they're kind of agnostic about maybe how you spend that money, but really, you know, they're just like having, knowing that they can delegate it to you in place of say a marketing manager. Um, now you're not going to, unlike a marketing manager, you're not going to be doing a bunch of the tasks yourself. You might do some of it, but really your job is to project manage, coordinate, maybe create some proof of concepts and then to delegate it to external vendors or, or even sometimes internal marketing teams. So if they may have like a receptionist or a, an assistant or an administrator of some kind that can help, or even a marketing manager, depending on, um, depending on their level of seniority and, and where you're coming from. So the highest or like the highest level, and this is one that I get rid of as soon as possible is, and this is often the first place that I go to when I get into advisory services is, uh, is that managed, that managed model. So that's where you don't want to live in terms of full on management, because you can only really help a couple of clients like that. And you should be charging, you know, and if, if it's your first rodeo, maybe between four, 5,000, $6,000, I think I charged about four grand for my first one. And then like 4,500 or five grand for the second one. But then I ran out of space and bandwidth. And anyway, you know, the rates all kind of changed according to my everything. But, um, uh, but, but now if I were to do that, it would be like over 10 grand and I would only limit it to like three months. I just wouldn't want to manage stuff for people. It's just too much stress at the end of the day. And I can't, you can only help so many people. Your, your mind can only handle so many projects moving and you being the engine for them at one time. It's different to be than being a project manager where you can just poke people and check on things. Like you're really you know, in this role, you're kind of driving that initiative. So that's kind of the managed model. Um, now, again, I get rid of that as quickly as I can uh, and only offer that for like for emergency situations, like if a client lost their employee or and you had to sort of step in, it's expensive, it's short term, you help them hire a new person, whatever that looks like. So that's the managed model, great first step in towards advisory services. And that's what I would look to is companies that don't have a marketing manager, need a lot of help, have a bit of a budget and are willing to let you kind of spend it and manage it. Right below that would be sort of the fractional CMO, which is sort of a, a hint away from that managed model. So you're not gonna you're not gonna manage their their services or or their their marketing program um, for them. But what you're gonna do is put put someone else's hands on the wheel. Ideally, again, an in-house administrator or um, assistant or market marketing manager or even even sometimes the business owner if they have capacity. Although that's never ideal because they they should be busy growing their business, and not managing the tactics of the day to day. But uh, so you're, the, you know, it's basically the similar idea where you're going to be on more calls more often. You're going to talk to suppliers. You're going to be on their calls. You're going to be maybe copied on emails or emails will be forwarded to you. You may have, you know, two calls a week or even three uh, with various stakeholders, not always in marketing, sometimes the rest of the organization. So access to you is open to more people, including suppliers, executives and internal teams, as well as uh, the work that you do and, and generally the, the amount of baked in calls and, 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 you know, work that you're going to do is, is higher. And that should be reserved again for, uh, rarer cases and, and maybe, and it should be, you know, you should be billing for that accordingly, you know, whether that's, 
it, it, it all depends on you and your stage of development, but you know, more than five grand, probably closer to six, seven, you know, depending on, or even more, depending on where you're at, sometimes way more. So uh, that's again, not a super scalable option. So typically what I would say is try to get people into that kind of, uh, you know, uh, get out of managed as soon as you can, get into that fractional CMO as soon as you want to or reasonably possible. And then, uh, so that you're not kind of the one, you're not the engine driving the projects, you're kind of the more the steering wheel, but you're still heavily involved in all the tactics and maybe you're still creating some proof of concepts with people and you're kind of, maybe there's a little bit more wiggle room in terms of the work that you do, or at least the input you provide. But then ideally, that's a high level engagement that happens maybe for six months, ideally not too much longer. And then you want to move them down a tier so that you can focus on getting more clients without having all the, the overhead. You should be able to accomplish a lot in six months. Um, six, maybe a little, maybe a few more depending on the client, maybe nine months. Um, but certainly, you know, depending on how many clients you have, right. But you're going to be limited if you're, if you're at the fractional CMO as, as I kind of categorize it, where you're deeply involved on several calls a week, you're going to be limited. So even if you have well-paying clients, you kind of want to spread the risk among many of them. So ideally I go from the managed, I scratch that off the list as soon as I have traction on the fractional CMO or some of the other tiers that I'm going to talk about, um, just because it's too time intensive. And then, and then frankly, yeah, I don't sell too many of those fractional CMO level engagements unless someone comes along that needs a lot of work and I can put them in there and then move along. Now that said, you could define fractional CMO a little bit differently. So, you know, I've got clients that are, you know, if you're at more than five locations in the co-working space world, um, you would qualify for my empire program. I don't call it fractional CMO because sometimes they have sort of marketing managers and I don't want to kind of, you know, I don't want to kind of come in and sort of make them feel like I'm taking their job at all. Uh, I'd want to really build on what they're already doing. So that's one of the reasons I don't overtly position myself as a fractional CMO, although I'll compare myself to one. If in a conversation with a client, I'll say I'm like having a part-time chief marketing officer. So I'm not going to be publishing in your social media for you, but I'll be helping with the direction, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's that high level. The next one below that is advisory. And to me, the difference between advisory, both of them are kind of comp all three so far, including advisory are kind of the company level. So I'm advising the company and that usually means several people on their team, the highest level, obviously anyone has access to me. Fractional CMO might be, you know, the executives and the marketing team and suppliers. And then the advisory is kind of where I like to live. It's a lot more lightweight, high value and lower cost for the client. So that that's something that I price around, you know, $2,500 to $3,500 per month. Usually meet every week or every other week for that. And uh, I, I aim for every other week. And some, sometimes I just go every week so we can keep momentum high. But only the marketing team and the CEO has access to me. So it's not like a free for all. Not all the executives can contact me and ask me and input things. It all has to flow through the marketing team or the, the main decision maker or, or the CMO, uh, the CEO, sorry, before it gets to me. Um, and really I'm just there to kind of guide projects, choose what's, what's important and next. And then I will still join. Okay. Occasionally I'll still join key supplier calls, but I won't be on all the supplier calls. Uh, and that just sort of helps me to kind of make sure that projects are set off in the right direction and we're measuring the right things and things are being set up right. And then I can kind of leave it and then interface with the marketing manager or whoever's in charge to, to make sure that work's getting done correctly. So we've talked about the managed offer. We've talked about the fractional CMO offer. This is the advisory offer. Those are all one to company. The next kind of tier that I'll go, and sometimes I downgrade people, by the way, um, to this stuff. You know, that's another uh, thing that I commonly do. So especially if I'm on, say, the fractional CMO, I'll try to get people into the advisory program or or an equivalent like in the co-working world, I have something called the extension program, which is probably a nuance to this. Uh, and basically instead of 4,500 plus dollars per month, um, it'll be either three or, or $2,600, uh, per month, 
uh, and it's every other week calls and fewer people and yada, yada, yada. So it's a lot like that advisory tier, but I just call it a continuity program because I don't want to publish it on my website because it's not really a gateway. It's sort of like it's a downgrade um, for people that are five plus locations for that segment for which that offer is, is originally intended. So uh, if they have more than five locations, then and they've worked with me for at least six months, if not longer, and the workload is kind of diminished, then they can continue working with me at a lower intensity for a lower cost. And I provide a lot more strategic direction and, and optimization of the, the program and continuing to move the projects forward and reduce risk. So managed, fractional CMO, advisory, and then the one below that is sort of a coach or a mentor. And that's typically a one-to-one thing. So sometimes a client will, I'll work with some clients maybe for six months and uh, and then really the client's like, look, you, you know, I just, my marketing manager is able to do this pretty well, but I'd love you to kind of stick around and keep your head in our game. Would you coach them or mentor them? Again, this is another downsell option. Some people have come in through that door. I've worked with another consultant in the telecoms industry and he had that service with me and it was $7,500, I think for six months. Um, it might be like 10,500 now. I, I'm not even sure of my, what I'm published, what my pricing is right now. But uh, I believe he was paying 7,500 or or 10,500. That's bad that I don't remember it. But he came in and, and I worked with him for six months and that was a really great project. But he was the business owner as well. So that project really made a lot of sense. Um, but uh, yeah, like coaching and mentoring is another thing. So kind of, it's up to you to consult with the client and say, look, you know, we can kind of part ways here a little bit or I can sort of work with you work with your marketing manager to sort of keep them trained, keep them up to date, provide a sounding board so you can kind of fairly autonomously let us run the, the game and you can kind of be there to check in with us once a month. Uh, and that's a really nice kind of niche or sweet spot to kind of fit in as well. Uh, it's one-to-one, it's very rewarding, uh, very tactical, um, very career-driven. Often it's helping people grow and learn and try new things and explore and develop themselves professionally and to kind of just give them a safe place to kind of um, grow professionally. So I really like that coaching and mentoring, obviously, and I do that with you, with you guys. I offer some one-to-one uh, mentoring as well, uh, as well as group coaching, which is the next year. So we've talked about managed, we've talked about fractional CMO, we've talked about advisory, we've talked about a, a coach or a mentor, and this is the next one is is group coaching, and there's really kind of a couple ways you can go about this. One is with group coaching, and with group coaching, I often try to limit it to about five people, and that really creates a nice bond among among members of the group coaching community. We'll typically have calls every other week. Uh, sometimes, depending on how you structure it, you could have like maybe a certain amount of one-to-one time. So once a month or once a quarter, there's opportunity for them to speak with you privately so they can show you stuff that maybe they don't feel as comfortable sharing with the whole group, but they still get some one-to-one access, just not as much. And that you can charge anywhere between, you know, 400 to 1,000, 15, $2,000 per month for that. Or some people charge way more than that. So do not let me limit you at all on this. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of the group coaching model. The other one is, you know, anywhere from, you know, people have anywhere between 50 to 100 to, uh, again, thousands of dollars where there's much larger groups and it's a lot more education driven. Uh, people can come, there's maybe a Q&A where there's like, they can open, uh, ask open-ended questions in a group setting and then the person leading the community can, or the group can uh, answer them as well as others can maybe sometimes contribute to those responses as well. And then there's office hours as well, which is maybe slightly different where, you know, someone can maybe brainstorm with you uh, over a Zoom call and you know, it really depends on whether you want it to be like submit a question and I'll answer it in the suit in the order that they come in or uh, let's all jump on Zoom and, you know, you can ask me some questions. There's kind of an open back and forth going on. So um, it, the membership model or sorry, the group coaching model is very much dependent on what the goals of the group that you're trying to serve is and what the value of those goals are and the, the difficulty and complexity in getting them there. So that's why I don't let anyone into my group coaching or my 
consulting right now, especially with Mindshare, without first interviewing people so that I can get to know their goals um, and then actually make sure that I've planned a, a service or a package or an offering that's actually going to help them get to those goals because there's really no point in um, in building out a service based on price if it doesn't actually achieve the end desired state, right? So sometimes you have to charge a little more, even if it is in a group setting, in order to get a result. Um, because at the end of the day, as long as it's aligned with the value, it allows you to put more into helping them get a result. Um, and it really depends on what those goals are, the complexity, the difficulty, and um, and the risks associated with that. And then the value, obviously, at the end of the day. So we've talked about managed. We've talked about fractional CMO. We've talked about advisory. We've talked about group group or, men, or sorry coaching slash mentorship. We've talked about group coaching and either doing like small group coaching, which one of my preferences, or maybe a lower cost open group uh, coaching. That both either of those may come with a little bit of training attached to it, like once a month, uh, or it could just be ask questions and I'll answer them. And then we get down to the the membership tier. Now, typically, you don't have group coaching or mentorship. And there's others in this category until you have a bit more of a, an established base in a niche or a niche where you have a lot more people to kind of collaborate with so you can make this work at scale. Although you can build a membership with a very small number of people. You can see that I have or I am and um, that can sometimes work. And But generally, once you get into the membership products, group coaching stuff, you kind of need a bit of an audience to work within. Uh, and that's why having an intro niche matters so much because that identity is really important. You know, you want to be learning alongside people that are very similar, going through similar challenges so that you can both get their feedback, get, get you know, whoever's coaching you's feedback and just sort of feel like you're in the right place here among peers. So the membership model, you know, it could be anywhere from 10 to $50, $100 per month or some people do lifetime values as well. Uh, that can work really well. Also, um, you know, some people may do like $500 one, one time fee that's lifetime. And I've definitely toyed with, with doing that kind of model with say this group or others, others will say, you know, it's 10 or 15 bucks a month or, you know, hundred or $200 a year. And that can work as well. Uh, all the same. So it really depends on your strategy, whether it's to build an audience, build a community, uh, or whether it's to sort of make that impact, make that change, or to have a certain level of exclusivity. One of the benefits of having like a $500 lifetime fee is that it, it kind of eliminates people that don't really have a severe need or desire to, to solve the challenges in their business. So by putting up a, say, $500 barrier, you're, only get, you're naturally going to weed out people who don't have a strong uh, desire to improve and work on their business. Uh, tire kickers or, or just people lurking, which is again, totally fine to have those people in your group. They tend to be less of those as you charge a little bit higher upfront. Uh, the downside is you charge a little higher upfront. There's less people in your group and that can affect the community. Upside is though you have way more committed people um, who have a, all have that need and challenge to really work on it. So that's one of the reasons I've considered as well, creating just a one-time fixed fee for life. And it also, the benefit of a lifetime deal, in addition to having a higher price and therefore weeding out people that aren't really serious and therefore creating a community full of people that are serious, is that people tend to be a lot more, they, they tend to be a lot more of a proponent over the long term uh, of the membership. And that can really kind of be valuable when you want people to go out there and sort of talk and promote uh, the group so that they can bring people more in because that increases their value. They're not, they don't have to pay anymore. It's, it's kind of a sunk cost or a sunk investment. So now they want to kind of nurture that investment as much as they can. So those are all reasons that I've toyed with putting a lifetime uh, thing up there. And I'd love your feedback if you're listening to this. Uh, obviously it's hard for you to know what you would do, but uh, I know for a fact that I, I, you know, I, I might want to make an investment into a community and then help see it grow. And especially if the community is active and updated all the time. Um, and then it also just captures the lifetime value of, of the, the members, members up front and allows you to then reinvest that into your marketing and into your branding and into your products so that you can continue to grow it. So that's kind of a nice way to look at that as well. 
Um, so we've talked about managed slash fractional CMO. We've talked about advisory. We've talked about coaching and mentoring. We've talked about group group stuff, group coaching. Uh, we've talked about memberships a little bit, and I talked more about that. You can just search the group for memberships and more stuff will come up. Uh, then there's products, right? And then products are kind of, you know, ideally it's a spinoff of the methodology that you have. The way I'm looking at my methodology now is, is a systems focus. So with the co-working world, to give you an example, uh, I will, you know, typically create a system that is ongoing for like the whole entire business. Here's your dashboard. Here's what you should do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever. And then I'll also create like a, my, my playbook, my methodology. And here's all the infrastructure that we need to set up, including strategy, messaging, execution, website, design, content, you know, uh, SEO, pay-per-click and all, all the other kind of channels and components that go into it. That's sort of my, my kind of infrastructure methodology, but then I want to leave them with a system. So everything we do and come up with, uh, doesn't just get done once and forgotten about it kind of gets put into a system and then that system gets tweaked and improved over time to keep getting results and to improve on those results. And that's, you want to be operating their marketing like a system. So once the infrastructure is set up and that's a big part of what I do, then they want to run and operate a system. And there might be multiple systems. There might be an overall system. There might be a, a new location rollout system. There might be all kinds of stuff, but um, that's how I like to think. So I'd then after running through consulting engagements over and over again, developing my methodology, putting it into something like Trello, and I'll be showing you that. Some of you in my group, in my one-to-one -one coaching and group coaching have seen that Trello board um, where it's my, my methodology, my playbook, uh, and also the recurring tasks stuff. Um, so I'll show that to you, but ideally you want to start putting that out there and then selling that once you've reached capacity. So I've started uh, deferring leads that come my way and pointing them to the info products over on the co-working side because I'm just booked solid right now. Uh, and so I'm starting to see a little bit more of an uptick on my, my training and, and even my membership over there. So that's products. That's the end goal. And the, the only way you can really sell products is if you, ideally, if you either have a big audience or you have a very specific offering for very specific niche or verticals. So that's one of the main reasons that I believe in that strategy. It just makes it easier to sell things, especially info products in a sea of information. People want highly customized, tailored specific information for them. And that's the main goal. Uh, and then lastly, there's the kind of custom projects. Uh, and maybe you could lump this in or not, but strategy kind of projects. And I, I'll tell you why I don't really offer that too much as a service or I don't sell too many of those. But custom is just there to kind of catch anything that doesn't quite fit into a box. So if there's a big enough project, you know, obviously it has to be more than, you know, five or 10 grand. People have come to me for, to do like three or four day workshops, which is another thing that I don't really talk about that often, but maybe I will in the future and I've sold in the past for groups of uh, co-working spaces. But custom is just there to kind of catch everything. And so if someone feels like, hey, I don't have something that fits with me, I want them to know that they can reach out and I can put together something uh, if it makes sense based on their goals, their needs, and the value of that project. And then finally, just selling strategy. I've talked about this in the past, uh, episode 90-something. Uh, I don't really like setting, like selling upfront strategy and audits unless I'm doing maybe more of like an SEO or a tactical, like a channel-specific thing, right, where that upfront audit makes sense and then the, the implementation of that is an ongoing fee. Uh, but in terms of general marketing, I tend to shy away from that a little bit. Um, people just tend to want me to come in and do that as the beginning of my engagement. And that's kind of how I want to work on it anyway. I don't believe kind of doing a big audit and a strategy process and then leaving the client to it is going to benefit them. So I kind of don't like charging for that. Uh, if I do though, it's over 10 grand and that's, that kind of makes it a no brainer to just pay me three or four or $5,000 and build it into my retainer and then have me roll it out. So um, that's how I feel about that. Now that could change in the future. I may do a strategy or you may offer positioning or you may do uh, SEO consulting or, or something else. And in which case those are all perfectly valid ways of selling your services. Just for me as a, as a overall strategist, it's not really my go-to sort of methodology. 
And that's it. I mean, there's other things you could potentially sell, as I said, like workshops and training and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about those a little bit in the future. I've got some experience there. Uh, but yeah, all of this stuff works better when you have a bit of a niche or a niche focus where you develop this methodology through the course of one-to-one and group coaching, turn it into memberships and info products later on, and then yeah, package it and sell it as a standalone value uh, outside of you. That's kind of the, the name of the game as a consultant in terms of scale. So just to recap, you've got managed, uh, managed advisory services, what I kind of called it, or fractional CMO, where you're very kind of hands-on, uh, you're managing the project, uh, or in, in the case of fractional CMO, maybe you're not managing, maybe you're very hands-on, but just there's still someone to manage it for you. Uh, then there's advisory, uh, where it's, you know, still one to company. So, but you, there's probably fewer people that have access to you. My advisory services tend to be, you know, the business owner and one person, um, and the t- less frequent calls and there's you know, less rigorous of a scope and I won't get on supplier calls and I won't, you know, there's a few other things that, uh, I think I've talked about before, but I'll talk about in the past, like, you know, um, like I won't, I won't get on supplier calls unless they're on our biweekly scheduled phone call, in which case you can bring anybody you want. Uh, as opposed to like copying me on everything. I uh, don't, don't copy me on email threads with suppliers, but you can forward the odd thing if you haven't got a specific question you want me to look at, that kind of stuff. So we talked about managed, we've talked about fractional CMO, we've talked about uh, advisory, we've talked about coaching and mentoring, which is a one-to-one thing. We talked about group coaching, either small group coaching in the pockets of say five or 10, and also you know larger group coaching, uh, lower touch. We talked about memberships, which is more about content and access and community. And that's kind of what you're involved in right here if you're listening to this, uh, as well as then products, which are a product of a product of uh, your your methodology and your specialized skills um, and developing kind of systems and uh, and training and, you know, uh, education, what, what have you around your expertise. So you don't have to deliver it all yourself. And by the way, those products work really well. Also, if you do training on something, you can package that into your consulting engagement and make that more like faster. You, you've got proof of concepts. You remember your methodology a lot better. Uh, clients can learn and kind of get up to speed quicker. Even if you're not ready to get to them in the, in the engagement with that particular thing. Now they can at least look ahead and start working on things or, or getting things lined up through training. So products are great that way. And then of course, having custom engagements, which may or may not include strategy and audits, depending on you and your business. Again, perfectly fine. If you do that, just for me as an overall marketing strategist and not a channel specific strategist, I find that it's just easier to just jump into a project, but I do offer it and it's over 10 grand and that's kind of how I do it. So in the future, we'll talk about, uh, you know, we've also talked a little bit about downgrades. So when people work with you and moving them down, I think it's good to be proactive and making sure that the client is getting as much value as possible. Otherwise proposing them a lower tier, which gets them most of the benefit or some of the benefit or a lot of the benefit for a lower cost. And that allows them to work at their pace for longer uh, and, and more in alignment with the value that they're uh, producing or that you're helping to produce. Um, so downgrades as well as workshops and, uh, and training, I'll talk about another time. I've talked about downgrades before, so you can check that out in the group. Uh, but that's it. So if you're designing your business model, I would recommend kind of starting at the top. Uh, as always, the caveat I'll say to this is try not to like try not to just have too much of a, a productized service until you've sold a few manually. Like try not to create a really firm scope until you've gotten on the phone with people, figured out their goals, decided how best to achieve those goals, and then encountered a few people who need that thing and then packaged and sold it in a way that aligns with people's actual needs because otherwise you could end up with a product or a service that is very like you focused or, or drilled in on what you think people need at large. It's way easier to sell things. And then every new client that comes along, um, you, ref, you refine that scope of work or that, that the messaging and, and everything about that service so that it 
it more perfectly matches the next client, the next client, the next client. And then it becomes kind of like, you know, a refined statue, you know, it starts off rough with your first client. The second client gets a bit smoother. And by the fifth or 10th client, you're basically reading their mind with their services. And because you've done it so many times and you've honed in what's included or what's not included, and you've got your other materials all ready and ready to go. So that's the approach. Um, you know, start with the managed if you're new to advisory. Otherwise, fractional CMO is a great high-level thing to do. Just try not to try to you know keep it to six or nine you know months so it doesn't take up all your time. Let's you get more clients. Then consider the downgrade. Uh, advisory stuff uh, are great, and that's where I like to live. You know, around three grand a month is kind of uh, my sweet spot in terms of you know U.S. dollars. I think my average engagement is thirty-five hundred dollars per month, which may seem low to you. So feel free to do that higher. Um, but you know, I I can do. You know, I think last year I did around triple six figures in Canadian dollars. So just under that in U.S. Uh, in consulting. And that was um, consulting and memberships um, and, and group coaching. So that was basically uh, a product of, you know, having the highest price that pushes people out as soon as they can once they've gotten value and, and puts a lot of pressure on the relationship. But having a bit of a price that's sustainable with your typical client's average speed of implementation, which is going to help determine the value that you create. So I hope all that makes sense. You know, start with the managed if you can or, or ditch it as soon as you can sell more without the managed component. Fractional CMO can be a very profitable, lucrative thing for you to do. Just make sure you've got the downgrade. Uh, advisory is probably the sweet spot where you want to live. Coaching and mentoring is a lot of fun. Costs a little less uh, or you earn a little less, but um, depending, depending on the, on the situation, but it can be great. It's one-to-one -one. group coaching and small group coaching memberships, products, custom and strategy stuff, uh, is that sort of value ladder, that chain. And, uh, yeah, that's how I construct a business model. And of course there's way more to it. It really does depend on your ideal target market, what they need, what they're typically equipped with, and then building services based on, on them, ideally on them and the segments of people you serve less so than on how much access to you that they get. But there's a bit of a, a bit of both, right? Sometimes it's, you know, if you're serving multiple verticals, the best thing you can do is say, here's, you got me, me plus you got me light, and then you got other things. So uh, structured however you, you see fit. There's no perfect way to do this. Uh, and ideally, you want to sell, just to recap again, you want to sell those services before you really crystallize them as productized services. At least sell one. Once you've sold one, you can roll out more. That's the ideal. Um, you can borrow any copy or anything that I have on kevin.me or everspaces.com in terms of services. Um, everspaces.com is more aligned with where I think people should go in terms of specialization and, and packaging. Uh, so take a look at that and um, feel free to borrow anything you want. I've, most of it's pretty battle tested and tried and true by now, but of course I'm always going to make changes. So next time you look at it, it might be different again, price, scope, everything else. That's the way business goes. Nothing is static. As soon as you're static, you start to start to die. So I hope this helps. If you're putting together a business model, I hope this works for you. There's way more to it. Uh, and I would, you know, urge you to reach out if you had any questions you wanted help with and uh, always happy to, to kind of talk through your options. Um, got some group coaching stuff going on. Again, you have to reach out to, to get the information on that, but that's uh, now becoming drop in anytime, less cohort based, uh, still small group, but we'll see. And then the one-to-one -one coaching and consulting uh, is always there for you if you need to get more done in a short amount of time. Um, the feedback I've gotten on that has been tremendous and really happy to keep moving that forward. So let me know if you're interested in getting a little bit more help. Otherwise, uh, if you can refer this group to a friend, it means a heck of a lot. And um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay, bye for now.